Glory to God. Hallelujah. The resurrected king. Is he resurrecting you? Hallelujah. We were all raised to live in the newness of life. If you're a born-again believer, if you've been baptized in the water, if you've been baptized by His blood, you are raised to live in the newness of life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No longer slaves, no longer slaves, but heirs. Heirs with Christ Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Sit down if you can. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 What a great day. Happy Resurrection Sunday. So now it's time to pay attention to the pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Happy, happy Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to start. I've got to start here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. For I delivered to you first of all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried... And that he rose again the third day according to the scripture and that he was seen by Cephas, Peter, then by the twelve. After that he was seen by over five hundred brethren at once of whom the greater part remain to the present but some have fallen asleep. After that he is seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all he was seen by me also as one born of out of due time. Jumping down out of verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, after, afterwards those who are Christ all at his coming. Amen. My brothers and sisters, I am so torn because I know that there are churches all over this place, all over the world, but certainly in this country where there may be pastors in a pulpit this morning uh, preaching on a Resurrection Sunday, but not preaching the true resurrection of Jesus Christ, saying that it really didn't happen. It's just, it happened. He was seen. He was seen. He was seen. The body that went into the grave came out of the grave, and that's so important. Because, my brothers and sisters, if that doesn't happen, then we have no hope. But it happened. Amen? And just as sure as you and I are sitting here and enjoying the fellowship of the saints, enjoying the fellowship of the Spirit, it happened. And that's the reason why we enjoy the fellowship of the saints and the fellowship of the Spirit. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, as we're here gathered in your name, Jesus, and here because you are the risen Lord, you are the risen King. Lord, we thank you for what you did at Calvary, but we thank you even more that true to your word, that grave could not hold you. And because the grave could not hold you, everything you said, absolute truth. Absolute truth. And we receive it now, Lord. Give us all eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to receive your truth again. Father, that, may be, that we may be washed and renewed. And Father, if there are any under the sound of my voice, whether in this room or watching digitally, Father, I pray if there are any who have not made you the Lord of their life, who don't, do not recognize you, Father, I pray that before this time together is over, that they will come to know that Jesus Christ is their Savior, their hope, their God. Amen and amen. He is risen indeed. He is risen indeed. Amen. Now, I'm going to go, this is not going to be your typical, uh, I don't think, a typical Easter message. So just, why should today be different than any other day, I reckon. So, I'm going to begin in Exodus chapter 15, and we'll break it down just a little bit. 
So to give you just a little bit of context, this is when uh, Moses um, delivered the um, children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, they already had the parting of the Red Sea, as it were, and they're a couple of days into it. Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, in verse 22. Then he went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. They were probably salty or brackish. Therefore the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? Now just, I just give this, I want to give you just a little bit more flavor uh, for lack of a better term here. Remember, all of the miraculous things that happened when they were delivered from Egypt and then they were backed up against the Red Sea and they thought, you know, they were doomed. But God intervened, amen? God parted the Red Sea. When they got to the other side of the Red Sea, they got to see their enemies conquered by the water, by Almighty God through the water, amen? But then at the same time, you know, they're, they're dancing and they're singing and they're celebrating. Now just a few days into it, they're lamenting. The same God that delivered them, instead of crying out to him, they, they, they complained against their leader, Moses. Right? Okay, so now continuing verse 25, look at it with me. So he cried out to the Lord. He, Moses, cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them. And there he tested them, this being God, and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am Jehovah Rapha. Amen? God bless you. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, kind of a, a, a different place. Now I know when we look at this, many of you who are veterans in the faith in this room or watching, you will know that, that that tree being put into the water is very significant. Right? You know because you know of the scripture because we know that Jesus was hung on a tree. And that tree being put into that water to me is significant and it signifies what's going to happen later on down the road. In that moment, all of the bitterness, all of the you know, think about bitterness in your life. Think about all of the, 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 the negativity, all of the things. All, and see, let's relate it to what he says, he being God. You know, all of those things that happened to the Egyptians. If you keep my word, if you follow my statutes, none of those things will happen to you. None of those things will bring you down. None of those things will be your demise. Are you with me? Okay, so now he's saying, this tree, this tree in this water takes away all of that bitterness, all of that all of that negativity is now taken and it cleans. It's clean. Now that water is clean. Are you with me? Do you get the picture? Jesus, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Jesus hung on a tree for you and for me. We just sang about it. And many of you in this room know it. We were separated from God because of sin. The only way back to God was that price that was paid on that cross by Jesus Christ. And that's why it was so dramatic. God did something so powerful. Remember, my brothers and sisters, when Jesus hung on that tree, when he died, when he gave up his ghost, when he committed his spirit to the Father, there was a great earthquake. And remember, one of the things that happened as a result of that great earthquake, the power of God moving on the natural, on the earth, moving on the natural elements, the things that we see, nature, the, the God of everything caused this earthquake and he caused that, that curtain, that dividing thing, that cape, the, 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 the inner sanctuary, that, the Holy of Holies, that was divided or that thing that kept the, the, you know, this, the, their separation, this wall of separation, you will, if you will, this curtain, it was torn from bottom to top. 
No longer are you separated. Why? Because Jesus just paid the price. Jesus just paid the price. And Jesus said, it's accomplished. But my brothers and sisters, without the resurrection, we know that, no, it was accomplished. The sin, everything, the shame, it was nailed to the cross. All of the negativity, all of the dirt, all of the filthiness that you and I have, all the filthiness of the world, all of those things that separate us from a holy and pure God were all taken away on that cross. Amen? Amen. Amen. So he puts the the tree in the water and it's clean. Awesome, awesome stuff. 1 Peter 2. Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. You see? That we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You see that? The Jehovah Rapha, the same Jehovah Rapha that they experienced in Exodus is the same Jehovah Rapha that is now speaking to them in this scripture. Hallelujah. You're healed. Jehovah Rapha, you're healed. Spiritually, you're healed. Spiritually, you're healed. And if you believe, you trust, He wants you well in your physical body as well. Amen? Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, capital S, the Spirit, His Spirit, His Spirit, through faith. Important. Extremely important. Amen? So now let's go back to Exodus. So now remember... They get to this, the, the waters of Mara are, are putrid, they're bitter. Uh, God cleans it up for them, shows them something that's going to happen, tells them, follow my statutes. But now they come to, a, they, they leave there, they come to uh, Elim. Elim, where the 12 wells of water and seven palm trees. So they camp there by the waters. So now, what really, I, I started thinking about this, and many of you already know it probably. I'm sure Luke and, and many of you have studied the word. You know this. There's, there's significance in the number 12 and significance in the number 70. Well, significance in the number 12, there are 12 tribes of Israel, of course, right? 12 apostles, right? There's significance. There's significance in the number 70. There were 70 um, elders um, that uh, were appointed by Moses, Amen? There were 70 people that Jesus... And I'm sure there's other things that maybe you guys uh, can know and share and all that. Let's wait till after the service, please, and then we can share if you know. But now, of the 70, I want to go back on... I I got ahead of myself here. Of the 70... I'm sorry, of the 12, excuse me. Let me uh, read to you just a little bit. Because remember, there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees, but 12 wells of water. We're going to start there. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. Now, I want to preface this. Those of you who have been with me for a long time, you've been taught this, you know this, and even without me, you, you know some of this stuff. But I just want to bring to your remembrance because, listen, this is, a, this is an Exodus thing. This happened centuries, centuries, centuries before what I'm about to say was also said. And these things that I'm saying to you now happened centuries, centuries, and centuries from where we are right now. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself to her for her, that he might sanctify 
and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Wells of water, washing of water by the word. Listen, Jesus, when he was just before he was getting ready to die, in John chapter 15, he's talking to them about he's the vine. I mean, uh, he's the vine, we're the branches, and we need to produce fruit. And in the middle of that, he says, you're already clean in John 15.3 because of the word which I have spoken to you. So you see the significance here. The word cleans, the word washes, right? John 17, this is the prayer. This is truly the Lord's prayer before he went to the cross. In beginning in verse 16, they are not of this world just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. Verse 20. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 42. Then those who gladly received his word... Now remember, this is in Acts chapter 2, this is Peter preaches the first sermon. This is the, the birth of the church. And remember, he preached that sermon and he was, he was pointing it out and he let him have it. It wasn't no feel-good, uh, you know, sunshine and lollipops kind of sermon. It was the kind of sermon that is repent. And they, what must we do? When they heard this, they were pricked to their hearts. See, the sunshine and lollipop sermons get us nowhere. It's those sermons that prick our hearts. That, that's what we need. And so he preached that kind of message at the end of the message. What must, we, what must we do? And he told them, he being Peter. Amen? Okay, and then in 41 he says, Then those who gladly received his word, Peter's word, were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued, listen to this, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. So what the apostles were teaching and preaching, they continued steadfastly in. So the word of God was being ministered through the apostles. The water of God was coming through the 12 apostles and then it disseminated. Are you with me? 12 wells of water is a tracking. Amen. So now let's go to the 70. There were 70 palm trees. And I, I, listen, I'm, not say, I'm, I'm saying this is where Tony is. This is, where, this is what Tony has studied. This is what Tony's getting out of this. So in Numbers 11, remember I said the number 70 is significant. In Numbers 11, 24, so Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and he spoke to him and took of the Spirit, capital S, that was, what, that was upon him, Moses, and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened that when the Spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did so again. Are, are you seeing this now? So now you've got the 70. The 70 are elders. They're with Moses, but now they had this. All of a sudden, the Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, anointed them. Now they're preaching and teaching the Word of God. Are you, are you with me? They're preaching. It says that they never did it again. The Spirit came upon them. That's what you need to remember. On the 70, the Spirit came upon them. There was this different anointing. Something happened. Amen? Twelve wells, 70 trees. Luke 9, 1, through 1 and 2, it says, Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure disease. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Let me pause here. We know this. We're familiar with this passage. Jesus sent the 12 out, right? And what he did, he said, preach. The kingdom of God is at hand. But he also gave them power. 
power to heal, power to cast out demons. There was this anointing that he gave to them so that they now can cast out demons. See, I know when I start talking like this, you know, some of the conservative churches or some of the, you know, hey, hey, listen, I'm not saying that we bring snakes to church, but here's what I am saying. No viper will kill me, my brothers and sisters. I'm telling you that the word is true. When Paul shook that snake off, that really happened. That really happened. And his faith was so strong in God. And by the way, he was doing God's will. And in the midst of doing God's will, a viper bit him that should have killed him, but it did not. He shook it off because he was doing God's will, because he had faith in God. Come on. Look at the vipers that you're fighting in your life right now. Come on now. Just because, my brothers and sisters, that you don't have a snake living in your house and you have to... We don't need for a viper to bite us and to test God that way. We don't need for a viper to bite us. Thank God it doesn't. Because think of some of the things that we're up against and we go ahead and we, we, we abandon what we know of God. If a snake did bite you, would you have the results that Paul had? Are you in His will? Are you in His word? Come on, I'm not trying to, to point fingers or convict. My brothers and sisters, this is, a, this is an Easter message. This is the power of God that He's endued us with. But, what are we doing with it? What are we doing about it? Right? Amen. So, so watch. I, got, I was cleaning up the yard the other day. Of course, we have people coming over. It's Easter. We're going to have a house full. And Michelle, you know, has a little... I like to get this done, that done... So I'm in the yard the other day and I'm working and I picked up a stone and there was a snake underneath it. And I didn't know what, I didn't know if it was a pygmy rattler or it was small. I didn't know what it was. And so now I'm, I got to move it. I don't want the grandkids to come in contact with it, especially the little babies. So I'm trying to pin its head down so I can pick it up and, you know, I don't want to kill it. So I want to move it to another place. I'm going to move it to the neighbors, let them deal with it. <laughs> I'm just teasing. So, so that snake, every time I put the stick down, it's going after the stick. So I'm thinking, okay, I could take my chances now because this thing does have that head that they tell you if it's like that, it's venomous and all this other stuff. I can't identify it. There are some snakes I can identify. This one I could not identify. So I went ahead and, and I'm not tempting faith. Okay, God, I got to do this for the grandkids. So I, I did finally get his head pinned down, pick him up by the tail, and he's trying to... And man, and I'm, I'm walking. I don't want to drop him. I'm walking. And now I start to walk a little faster. I didn't want my faith to be tested in that moment. So, but, but, but my brothers and sisters, did I suddenly get off? No, my brothers and sisters, this is, this is an anointing that we have from the Holy Spirit. And Jesus gave that to us when He rose from the dead. That's why the resurrection is such something that we should celebrate. It's something that we, it's so necessary. So when people say, He really didn't die on the cross, or He really didn't raise from the dead bodily, fully on that, my whole experience with Him is based on that. Now watch, I can't be one of those Christians then who say, okay, my whole experience is based on that, but then I'm going to deny those things that Holy Spirit brings us, those manifestations of the Spirit. Amen? I'm a tongue-talking, Bible-believing, sure enough, resurrected body of Christ. Are you with me? And my hope is that when I'm speaking to you now, there, here, that this is prophecy, this is divine utterance. That something is being imparted to you. And my brothers and sisters, the only, ha- the only way this gets imparted to you is by Holy Spirit. 
And the only way we have Holy Spirit is Jesus went and sent Him down. Hallelujah. So the resurrected, the bodily resurrected Jesus is of the utmost importance to you and to me. Not just because I want to handle snakes. Right? Not just because I want to tempt fate. No. It's so I could hear Him. So I could have fellowship with Him. Amen? So I could receive His Word in my heart. So I can be clean. Listen, the Word doesn't clean me automatically when I had this mental... I could, I could read the Bible night and day and day and night. That Word is not cleaning me unless I'm receiving the risen Jesus. Unless I understand this is the, the Word of the risen God. Are you with me? I, I need that. I, I crave it. I want it. So now, in 9, he sent them out. In, in chapter 9, which I just read to you. Now, in chapter 10, you go down and a little bit... Now, we're skipping ahead to chapter 10. Listen to this. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. 1270. So, after these, the Lord appointed 70 others also. And he sent them two by two before his face into every city. And, and every place where he himself was about to go. Then he said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest can to send laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals. Greet no one along the road. But whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon it. If not, it will return to you and remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as, as they give. For the laborer is worth his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whatever city you enter, there, you, there they receive you. Eat such things as are set before you. Look at verse 9 with me. And heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. You see, what he's, see, see this anointing? He's anointed the 70 now. See, the 12 had the anointing. He's, he spoke to them and he gave them power to do these things. And now he, he, he has 70 other disciples. Not the original 12, now 70 others. And he's speaking into their lives this blessing, this anointing. And he's saying, now go and do these things. 12 and 70. But it has to be in that order too, my brothers. We have to be washed with the water by the word. And we have to receive the spirit of the risen Lord. Are you with me? And this is a very familiar verse to all of us in John 6.63. The Spirit who gives life, it is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. Did you hear that? So why are we striving so hard in the natural? Why are we... I'm not saying that we shouldn't do our best. That's part of what we are as Christians. But why are we striving so hard and leaning so hard on that? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So we're talking today about this, the, the 12 and the 70. And I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, the 12, this water, the, the 12 disciples, the Word, you know, it came by, the, by them. And, and it was the Apostles' doctrine that the church was built on. The, the, listen, the foundation was the prophets and the doctrine of the Apostles. Amen? So, back to Exodus 15. So they camped there. They camped there for a little while. And then in verse uh, 1 of chapter 16, it says that they journeyed from Elam and all the congregation of children of Israel came to the wilderness of sin. Now when they went to the wilderness of sin, things went bad again. And they start complaining again. See, they didn't learn the lesson that they were taught, right? And so now they're murmuring and complaining and we should have stayed back in Egypt. You know the drill. 
I can relate. Unfortunately. There have been times in my life, not where I wanted to go back and serve the enemy, not where I want to go back and just serve, but I see sometimes the, the, the toughness, I have to tough it out. And sometimes it's tough just to go ahead and wait on God. That's where our faith is tried and tested. And we want things right now. And so we get a little hungry for whatever, or we get a little thirsty for whatever. And because we're hungry and thirsty, not for His righteousness, not for His Word, not for Him, now we start to get a little impatient. And we go back and we're looking back and we feel, come on. And we don't have that warm and fuzzy. We're not all excited. See, they did not stay at Elam. They weren't called to stay at Elam. It's Elim. They weren't called to stay there. Right? And neither are we. You know, we're to take from that scripture, that tree had to go into the water. When that tree went into the water, that cleaned. We have to go and get clean. How do we get clean? By the 12 fountains. The word of the Lord cleans us. How did it clean us? If we first had to stop by the tree. We had to stop by the tree. We had to, we had to look at that tree and understand that Jesus took all of the curses, all of that thing that separated me from God, he took every bit of it. And now I have the ability to hear the word of God. Now I have the ability to, to receive his spirit. And then when I do, see, so now they had the ability, they're, they're there, God says to them, right, remember, when God put the tree in, when God instructed Moses to put the tree in the water, he says, okay, I'm going to make a statute with you now. Now I'm going to, now let's have an, remember, the, the law of Moses hadn't come yet. But he said, you obey my statue, obey my commands. Didn't he? Okay, he's speaking what he's told them so far and what he was going to tell them. Anything that he said, his word. Can we agree on that? Okay, so first thing I need to see. Tony, you went to the cross. You went to the cross. You understood that you needed to repent. And now you're hearing through my lifetime since I've been a a born-again Christian, I'm hearing the word of God. I'm studying the word of God, right? Am I obeying that word? Am I obeying the commands? Right? So now watch. They get that. They go now and they have the 12 fountains. Now they're receiving the word of God. They have the 70 palms. They've got an anointing now. Now they can understand the word of God. That, this is speaking to me in volumes. I, I hope it's doing the same for you, but this is speaking volumes to me. I had to go to, that tree had to be planted. That tree had to separate me from my sin and then I could receive everything that God has given for me, that God has made available to me. Amen? But then what am I doing with it? See, they, they couldn't stay around in, in that camp they couldn't stay there where the 12 trees were, where the 70 palm, I'm sorry, where the 12 wells were and the 70 palm trees were. They couldn't stay there. Why? That wasn't what they were called to do. Right? They were called to go into a promised land and, and beyond. But they were called to do that. Amen? Okay, so, so watch. And, and why, how do we know that? That was what he promised Abram. That was what he promised. He was going to fulfill that. that, that there was hundreds of years that happened, but he was going to fulfill that. My brothers and sisters, significance, significance. It is so significant for you and I. God is going to fulfill His Word. He has a plan for you. He has a plan for me. It's going to be fulfilled. We need to, but we need to do our part. 
We can no longer live according to the old, that person that, listen, that person that lived prior to going to that tree. That tree changed everything. That tree changes everything if you truly go there. The tree changed everything. And then the twelve fountains of the water of the Word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But I'm not supposed to stay there. See, I'm not supposed to stay at Elam. I'm not supposed to... I'm supposed to go and take Elam with me. That's the key. Everywhere I go, I have Elam, Elam, however you want to pronounce it, I have Elam with me. Everywhere I go. Amen? That's what the resurrected Christ did for you. That's what the resurrected Christ did for me. First, the cross... It is accomplished. Remember what he said? It is accomplished. He gave up the ghost. What was accomplished? All of that garbage, every sin, everything that separated humanity from you, Father, I now went ahead and paid the price for every bit of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But remember what he said to them. I've got to die. And I've got to go. But when I go, I'm sending something now. So, yeah, my brothers and sisters, we can, hallelujah, praise the Lord, Resurrection Sunday, or as Easter, yeah, we got the bunnies and we got all the... We have one of the most significant things that ever happened. And it didn't happen spiritually as it relates to just in the Spirit. It's just phantasm. This happened Bodily, physically, physically. Trust the science. Okay, let's trust the science. If there was one bone that they could absolutely, DNA-wise, prove that it was a Middle Eastern 33-year-old guy of that descent, they would have lickety-split and in a hurry. Don't you know that the enemy of your... The enemy was rejoicing when Jesus hung up on that cross. When Jesus went into that tomb, the enemy was rejoicing. Okay, it's done with. You know what? Know how I know that? Look at the enemy's children. Who? The Pharisees, the scribes, the one that wanted him dead. What he said, you guys are liars. You're sons of the devil. Look at how they rejoiced. Look at how they, look at what they did. And so, my brothers and sisters, the enemy of our soul, the enemy of our soul was rejoicing when Jesus was in that tomb. He wasn't rejoicing much when that tomb opened. He wasn't re- Uh-oh! Something totally different. Has- See, my brothers, that makes all the difference in the world. We are... Re- Listen, we are absolutely, positively, without any shadow of any doubt, worshiping a resurrected Christ. But my brothers and sisters, listen, okay, uh, hey, amen, hallelujah, amen. But my brothers and sisters, that, 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 that could be just words too. That could be just words too. And we, my brothers and sisters, we know that even back then, within that first century, there were people that were doubting. There were people that were speaking in the first century. And, Pete, I'm sorry, and Paul had to remind them, listen, we know that that body came out of the tomb. He was seen by us. And not only that, he was seen by 500 at one time. And he was seen, not only that, out of that 500 that saw him, there's some that are still alive and among us right now, right here, right now. Ask them. Now Peter didn't say that. I'm saying that. Ask them. 
They were here. That's follow the science. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They did not stay. They did not stay. Why in the world can we celebrate something like that today with all of our, our good clothes and some of us and you know we, we come to church and, and there are churches that are full. You pass by church parking lots, man. I, you could count on the denomination that I grew up in, man. There were a couple of holidays. Church was full. Easter was one of them. Amen? Easter was one of them. There are people that you, even in another church that we, me and Michelle were teaching and then, you know, before we were here, I mean, there were, some, there were people that we saw at church on Easter that you didn't see all year long. Okay, why would we do that? Why would we celebrate Resurrection Sunday and not really let that take hold of us the rest of the 364 days out of the year? Why is that? See, it's okay. We need to go. We need to, we need to, we need to have that cross dipped. We need to have that cross purified. Then we need to go to those 12 wells. We need to go ahead and make sure that we're being washed and refreshed and we're receiving that water and we're being regenerated by the washing and regeneration by the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? And we need to go ahead and make sure that that Holy Spirit is giving us an anointing. You need to make sure, my brothers and sisters, that whatever preaching, teaching, whatever reading, whatever it is that you're doing, make sure it has the anointing of the Holy Spirit on it. Because they were teaching back then, even in that first century, that Jesus really didn't rise from the dead. Somebody tell me I'm wrong. It says it very plainly in the Scripture. Very plainly. So why in the world, my brothers and sisters, will we celebrate on a resurrection Sunday and then go live tomorrow, the next day, the day after that, as if Jesus was still in a tomb? Colossians 2, 11, 15, just I'm almost done. In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses in the uncircumcision of your flesh. Let me pause there. Listen. I know that right now there are some of you in this room that are a little bit bored, a little bit tired, or whatever the case may be, barely paying attention. That's fine. Some are watching too. Maybe I've lost some because it's not that kind of message where I'm cutting back flips and spitting and spewing. But, but, but listen, did you hear that? Okay? So now, listen, this might describe some of you that are s- still in this room and still hanging on by a thread listening. What? You being dead, verse 13, dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. If you haven't gone to Jesus, if you haven't gone to that tree to see that your sins and those things that separate you from God, if you haven't been there to trust on the blood that He spilled, you're still dead in your sins and trespasses. You're still dead in your sins and trespasses. And if you say that you went there but now you're still living the same old way that you lived before. You're still dead in your sins and trespasses. Why? Well, remember, listen, they had to go to those wells of water. They had to have the anointing. So I went when I was this old and I prayed a prayer and I asked Jesus to be my Savior and I said, I'm a sinner, I'm in need of a Savior. Okay, 
Fantastic. But did you understand what you were asking, what you were saying? Did you really understand that, listen, this is not a gospel of just forgiveness. This is a gospel of repentance. And we are given the power to repent by the one who rose on the third day. Without that, we have no power to repent. The third day gave you and I power. Number one, we recognize that we are sinners. We recognize that we're not holy like God is holy. We recognize that we're not able to keep those commandments. But we also recognize He is the tree that was dipped in the water to take away all of that and to reconcile me back to my God and to give me an anointing now to not just to be sorry for my sin, but to live beyond my sin. That stuff was left in the grave. But here we go. We want to, why do we want to go back and grab a few grave clothes? Right? Come on now. So we've been resurrected from the dead. Are, are we or are we not? We're resurrected from the dead. We who are... What? We were, we were dead in our sins and trespasses. I didn't say it. He said it. We were dead in our sins and trespasses. We now we're resurrected from the dead, but we want to go back and grab a couple of grave clothes. My brothers and sisters, that's what we do every time that we go ahead and we just re- we forget where we were, what we came out of, and what He did for us with that tree purifying the water, what He did with those 12 wells, what He did with those 70 palms. We forget all that and we just go back to Chris, just grab a little bit of this. Let's grab a little bit of that. Are you there? Uh, is that tracking with anybody? I need to. I need for that tree. I need for everything that he did. That blood that he spilled. I need that to pay for my sins and to to clean me. Not just to cover it over. Not just like the lamb that they used to cut their throats with and just atone for the sin. And then we'll come back next year and do this all over again. And not when I do this sin, I got to do that. No, he did it once for all. And the reason why it's once for all is because at that cross, He took away my sin. But at that resurrection, He gave me the power to live above my sin. Hallelujah. Full gospel. Full gospel. And the same Spirit, my brothers and sisters, that raised Him from the dead is now alive in me. That's the power to live no longer going back and grabbing those grave clothes. Now I'm living according to the will that He's placed in me, that that Word that I got, that Word that He's given me. I understand these words now because His Spirit is teaching me. And so now I live according to that. Are you with me? And still, not according to my own flesh because I can't do this. I understand it. It's the power to will and to do. Philippians. The power to will and to do of His good pleasure. Amen? Hallelujah. You said amen, so that means you must understand it, or maybe you're doing it, or maybe you just want to do that so I could get out keep preaching. You being dead in your sin and trespasses, the uncircumcision of your flesh, He has made alive together with Him, having forgiven all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities, powers. He made a public spectacle of them, tri- triumphing over them in it. Not just in the cross, rising. He made a public spectacle. We don't even have to fear death. We don't even have to fear death. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. Death is the doorway. 
But before I go through that doorway, I'm called to be His servant here. I'm called to take Elam with me wherever I go. I'm called to take those 12 wells and those 70 palms wherever I go. Are you with me? Does does this tracking with anybody, please help me out. Is this tracking with anyone? So what are we carrying with us? Are we still carrying the stench of the grave? Are we still still, uh, grabbing some of those old grave clothes and carrying them with us when we leave Elam? No, my brothers and sisters, we we can't do that. We shouldn't do that. But I've got to be honest. Sometimes I do. And he kicks me to the curb and, no. No. My brothers and sisters, that same Holy Spirit that has delivered the Word to me in, is, is enabling me to understand it. That same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Holy Spirit now brings conviction. And when I pay attention to that conviction, guess what? If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So listen, listen. So what then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid. How are we who are dead to sin? See, I'm dead to sin. I'm dead. Are you dead to sin? I'm dead to sin. Are you dead to sin? Now Colossians, the last one. Colossians chapter 3. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is who our life appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. This is the advantage. This is the blessing. This is what we have in the risen Lord. But do you see what it says? If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. That's our whole problem. And I could preach the same thing every week. In some form or fashion, we can all talk about it, discuss it, the same thing every week. There are things that are external, things that we're having to go through in this life, right? That just distract us, get us to live below the Spirit, get us to live below the supernatural blessing that God has given us? Am I, is, am I the only one that's experiencing that? No, we've got to raise kids, we've got to go to work, we've got all of these things we've got to do. We have our, the lust of our own flesh, whether it be for sexual things, whether it be for whatever appetite that we have, whether it be whatever it is. We have these fleshly things, these instinctive things, some of these things. We have feelings. We have feelings. And, and Lord knows if my, somebody hurts my feelings, it's, <laughs> it's the end of the world or I'm going to hate that person. You know, we have all of these things that are just constantly swirling around us. Don't you know that that's the enemy? And if you have, my brothers and sisters, let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. And remember what it said. When they reviled him, he didn't revile back. My brothers and sisters, can, can, can we achieve that? Yes, we can. How? 70 palm trees. We had the 12 wells and the 70 palm trees. He put all of that stuff, nailed it to the cross. Why do I want to revisit it? I answer, I don't. But I'm weak in my flesh. But yet, I want to make believe that I'm strong in my flesh. If I could read enough, it's going to change everything. After all, Pastor Tony said, read and pray. So if I could read and pray enough, I'm, no, listen, yes, you have to read and pray. 
But you have to practice what you read and pray. Because if you don't practice it, then it's just reading and praying. It's just head knowledge. Something has to get down in your heart. It has to mix. The Spirit then, and listen, the Spirit will convict you after you read this. When you get, you're starting to get washed by this water of the Word and the Spirit is going to bring some conviction and empower you to understand it and to do it. And when you do it, my brothers and sisters, then you start learning a little bit more. You start to feel the power. You start to recognize the power of the Holy Spirit. You start to give God the glory. Guess what? You're starting to bring Elam with you instead of hanging out in Elam. How, uh, come on, somebody ought to say hallelujah to that one. My brothers and sisters, that's what this Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is about. It's about me taking what He's given me and going out there and doing that. Not me taking what He's given me, staying here with you and having a happy hallelujah time Sunday, Wednesday, or whenever we get together. No, this is about me taking that out there. And if I take it out there and I'm getting beat about the head and shoulders and I'm acting and reacting like they do, did I take Elam with me? No. So when I have these people around me who are enticing me to do these things that I know conflict with what the Lord would have me to do and I'm continuing to hang around with them listen, well, one day I'm going to get them saved. No. No. One day you're going to go ahead and you're going to give in a little bit here and a little bit there and then what's, that's, what, that's called quenching the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is convicting you. The Holy Spirit is bringing some things to you. You're still doing things that you know. You're still staying away from certain people because, you know, they, they don't believe like, a, you know, Pastor Tony, he's a little bit too much. He, you know, he's old-fashioned. He's an old-timey preacher. I'm going to go someplace where it's a little bit, you know, easy, free, blah, blah, blah. No one really sees me. I could go to a big church. I could be anonymous. Or, you know, I'm going to hang around with this group of friends. You know, they do this. They party. They believe in God, but they do this a little bit. They do that a little bit. They dabble here. They dabble there. Yep, then... They don't believe in God. Oh, you don't know, Tony. Yes, I do. My brothers and sisters, we are supposed to have this mind of Christ. We're not supposed to be obeying the earthly things. We're supposed to be mindful of the things that are above. Amen? We're supposed to be taking Elam out there. We shouldn't have to... My brothers and sisters, we, sh- we can't be like the children of Israel. They get away from Elam. Things start to get a little tight. And they start complaining all over again. You and I have a distinct advantage. A distinct advantage. What God was showing them and prophesying to them and telling them they were looking forward to. You and I look back to it. It's already been done. It's already been done. So as much as I could stand here and I could say, well, if I were there, if I were one of the children of Israel, and I would believe God. I don't know. Here I am looking back on what Jesus already did and I still have struggles. Do you? So what is it? Here's what it is. We have to set our minds on the things that are above, not the things that are on earth. We have to go ahead and start separating ourselves from some people. And my brothers and sisters, there are going to be some people that we do need to carry Elam to. But you have to listen. You have to make sure that you're being washed with the water by the word, that there's an anointing that's following this word. It's just not a mental thing. I feel like I'm letting you down this morning. You should see, you should see some of you. My brothers and sisters, listen, I would love for you to I would love for, for me to just start spitting and spewing and for some of you to get excited and not your eyes not to get heavy. But I'm just telling you, if we really want to look and, and really look at what Resurrection Sunday is all about, that's what it's about. It's about us living in the newness of life. Not listen, not 
uh, wrapping some more grave clothes around us. If you believe that Jesus Christ died, and He, listen, and He took all of the infirmities, all of the nastiness, all of the filthiness that we were before we came to Him, if you believe that He was able to clean you and separate you from all of that, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And remember, when He rose from the dead, He empowered you to stay away from the dirtiness and the filthiness, to recognize the road that He's planted before you, to recognize His will and empower you to walk it. If you don't hear anything today, hear that. Jesus rose from the dead to empower you to live the word that He's given you. Amen? Amen. Does anybody believe that besides me? Then I'm going to say this. And let's... Listen. Galatians 2.20. God bless you. I am crucified with Christ. Yet I live. Not I, but Christ lives in me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Amen? That is so important, my brothers and sisters, because now it's not a, as a Savior that's in a tomb. A Savior that's alive is now living inside of you. If you believe and trust, don't quench Him anymore. Let's not quench Him. Stand with me, please. I think the praise team has a song.